You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Having foundational points to your culture is is a great thing, but if it's not a consistent thing that, uh, you know, we hold each other accountable as much as possible in the right kind of ways every single day, um, it really means nothing if it's not uh, a, a consistent thing. So I'd really say those three C's right there of collaborating, that goes on, the communication that goes on, and then the consistency to make sure that those two things are always happening uh, to go along with having great people uh, in the walls of this building. There he is, the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connell. God, I hope or so. is he? Or is what? He? I'm sorry, what? What? My my earphones are going out. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's let's do this. All right, this is Mackie and Judd here, and it's a, tu- it's a Tuesday on the show, and usually we do reckless speculation on a Thursday, but let's do reckless speculation Thursday on a Tuesday. Uh-huh. We're going to get into the all the different reports coming out about uh, quarterbacks maneuvering around the NFL. But just, like, just since we're in the, the safe space here, we don't have to do a ton on this because they could drop a press release. We're among friends. But like, are you guys a little nervous? It's Tuesday. Tuesday, I mean, the Super Bowl's been over for, you know, like 40 hours at this point. Mm-hmm. No press release yet? There's some but, rumors about McVay retiring after winning I find a Super it a bit Bowl. odd. I find wow. it a bit odd. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to say 100% um, Kevin O'Connell's coming here. Everybody's wrong. But I will say, like, I'm not defcon wise so defcon goes from five to one in a good Correct. way right yeah like one, one is like bad one is bad new, right yeah, five, nuclear five's war. The good yeah I, i'm at a defcon four like i'm just i'm sort of curious about this but i'm also not panicking okay but here's but but What's i the percent chance jim harbaugh could still become the head coach of the minnesota no, it's not, no, zero no, no. No. Is yes. it non-zero? Is it I, above no, zero? Wet more. No, I think no. I think it's I think it's zero. <laughs> but here's my problem. Personal a personal dilemma. If Kevin O'Connell doesn't take the Vikings job, it's because he's going to take the Rams job because Sean McVay has decided at the tender age of 36 to, for now, go into broadcasting. Here's my dilemma. I want McVay in the booth. Pretty badly. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Pretty I badly. Do too. He has nothing. What does he? There's nothing else to prove at this point. But what I'm saying, <laughs> you're not going to catch. You're not going to catch Belichick. Like you're not going to get six six titles. The Romo thing was so good in its first year. It was so much fun, and I took so much glee in in his joy of talking oh. over Jim Nance that oh, I think oh, McVeigh would be unbelievable. We, we talked about this on Monday. I think he'd be outstanding. Well, so, then, then then hire Raheem Morris to be the the right. replacement. I'm just saying. Oh, by the way, I would just if if they if the this is great either way for the Vikings. If let's say Sean McVay takes the Monday Night Football job and they you know pair him up with Al Michaels, he retires from football, and they say, "Ooh, sorry, Vikings," cool. but uh, and Kevin O'Connell's like, "I didn't know that this job was." By the way, <laughs> Kevin O'Connell has probably been a close confidant of Sean McVay throughout this entire process. Sure. So he's. He would have known before taking the Vikings job that Sean McVay was 
on the edge. I don't I don't know what the inner workings are. And by the way, the Vikings could drop they could drop a press release now during our recording of this and render this conversation uh, useless. But the Vikings are in a good spot. I would I would take Raheem Morris as a head coach. So give me either Raheem Morris or Kevin O'Connell, and I'm good. Whoever the Rams take whoever you yeah. want. Vikings can take the Def other Gun one. Four. I'm good. I'm a yeah. Yeah. Four. I'm I'm fine for the most part. I'm at three. Okay. Oh, I'm at three. I want the, air, the the Air Force is ready to mobilize in 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I I have the I have the horn here, ready to call the damn Air Force to start to get to start to getting mobilized. That's okay? got to be a red phone, Declan. If that's right, not a red, a red phone, phone. Ah. it don't count. Mackie gave me red phone, but it's not my. Oh, all right, here we go. Hold on, I got one. That's right. I gave I Declan one. my bat phone. Here we go. I got the red phone. So yes. right. the bat phone. I'll call the number. <laughs> we literally have a bat. Phone. Yes. I, I the, the Air Force. The Air Force is ready to mobilize in 15 minutes. Raheem Morris and Jim Harbaugh, please be ready to mobilize. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's out. You're right, Declan. By the way, as uh, as as Paulie Pabst from the. Uh, uh, Dan Patrick show tweets. Tony Romo makes as makes twice as much money to call games as Sean McVay makes to coach them, which oh, is yeah. amazing. Twenty million, and, right? Uh, yep. And Sage Rosenfels chimes in. More importantly, Sean works three hundred sixty-five days a year. Tony Romo works about seventy-five, maybe seventy-five, maybe seventy-five, probably far less Don't than work seventy-five. Tony, so he's for sure working seventeen, some playoffs. So call it twenty, yep. like on game day. Yep. Uh, he's definitely working the day before game day. That's f- so. Let's call it forty. Forty. Yep. And then he's probably sprinkling in. Maybe there's a third day of work. Like, like he's prepping for the games and stuff. Okay. So he works. He works exactly. How many pressurized days do we think? Pressurized days. Zero. Yeah. Because like a coach's life is nothing but pressurized days. <laughs> yeah, like Tony Romo's even during the Super okay. Bowl. There's some okay. pressure, but like he he's just speaking from his he's life eating as a well. He's golfing. He doesn't really concern. If your team wins, he doesn't care. If yeah. your team loses, that's the thing. Zero pressure, twenty million a year. <laughs> Tell me that doesn't sound that's good. It's amazing. I mean, yeah, that's and like that's and those are probably the conversations Sean McVay is having right now with his agent, right? And his his and ESPN soon to be wife, right? Yeah. All this is happening, and then of course the Rams are then having discussions like, "Oh my God, he's leaning in this direction. If that happens, what are we going to do?" And that's KOC. why KOC. KOC has not been announced as the Vikings coach yet. Just saying. So we'll see. All right. Here's here's the other thing. All right. Some interesting reports coming out here today. Well, one of them is less of a like full on report, and it's more of just like a sourced out speculative article from our friend, friend of the show, by the way, Mike Sando from the Athletic. Mm-hmm. Mike Sando has about give or take 50 different sources inside the NFL, executives, scouts, general managers, players. And so anything he writes is it's like 20% coming from him, you know, and him sort of just like theorizing things based on the other 80%, the conversations he's having. And uh, his article today explores the potential movement of multiple quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins is not included in this article, but keep Kirk Cousins in mind because the Vikings have to figure out what to do with him still. It sounds like internally they're leaning toward maybe figuring out a way, you know, Pelissero reporting or figure out a way to keep that contract, you know, cooking in a way that benefits the team. But uh, Mike Sando has written about the Aaron Rodgers situation Signs are pointing to him probably staying in Green Bay. I'll spare you reading the whole thing, but uh, signs are pointing to him probably staying. On the Brady situation, he's saying, based on conversations, Brady retired from the Bucks, said goodbye to the Bucks, 
has had some issues with what's happened behind the scenes, but doesn't want to, you know, light the grass on fire. He's just not going to nuke everything. He's just, hey, I want a title. I'm good. I'm comfortable. I retire. But if a team like the 49ers specifically, as written in this article, comes along and says, I mean, if you want to play one more year, play for your favorite childhood team, your Northern California guy, right, that Tom Brady would absolutely entertain it. So he's saying Brady to the 49ers is a real thing to watch over the next few months. He's also saying the Kyler Murray situation, in addition to the Chris Mortensen reporting from Sunday, is weird that he is immature. There's some major leadership issues. He doesn't put a lot of work in Monday through Saturday, but that he thinks they'll probably figure out a way to make it work in Arizona, so he's probably not going anywhere. Carson Wentz probably gone from Indianapolis. Jimmy Garoppolo probably gone from San Francisco. Right. So take all that and then also consider this Albert Breer report from sometime, I think, in the last 12 hours. Reckless speculation. That the Commanders, Eagles, Panthers and Broncos are all prepared to take, quote, a major swing at the quarterback position this offseason, end quote. Batter up. So if you're scoring at home and you're looking for the uh, sort of the scoreboard of supply versus demand, the Buccaneers are, lo- the Buccaneers are a win-now roster looking to, you know, they might lose some free agents, but looking for a new quarterback. The Commanders, Eagles, Panthers and Broncos brings us to five teams looking to take big swings at quarterback. I would also throw the Steelers in this mix who don't have a quarterback, right? Yep. And um, I think we should probably throw the Browns in here too as a team that reportedly is sick of Baker Mayfield and wants to add that final piece. So that's seven teams looking to take a big swing, if you count the Browns, at quarterback. Trying to win now. Yes, in 2022. Okay. What are your thoughts on that, and how does it affect the Kirk Cousins discussion here in the next four weeks until the league year opens up? It impacts the whole thing because you are now going to have teams desperate calling around saying, we can't – we're at a point now in – as you just ran through, Phil, a lot of these uh, situations where we feel a pressure or a need to win right now, we will give you what you want. We will give you a a first-round pick. And in fact, if we have issues with a certain quarterback's payday, we will give you more than a first-round pick if you will pick up part of the cap charge for said player in, in 22. So... The interesting thing about this and where I think the curveball is going to occur, I think we are in this town in particular looking at this all wrong, okay? Because we're like, or I, I shouldn't say we. A lot of Vikings fans are like, well, they're, they're not going to trade Kirk. KOC loves Kirk, assuming that KOC is indeed coming. Uh, you know what we're assuming, though? We are assuming Aaron Rodgers is going to leave the Packers. I think that's flawed. Aaron showed him. Aaron's a weird ass dude. Like this is a weird guy. (laughs) Like there, but but I mean, not in a typical athlete way. Not in that. Well, he's weird, but I know he is. He is a. He is yeah, certifiably weird. (laughs) And what did he want? Like like I said, and we talked about this all last summer. He's not going to show up for camp. He has made it clear he's pissed off. He is. And what happened? The Packers basically said, no, we'll do what you want. And he showed up right away, right? 
The Packers are now, according to Schefter on Sunday, the Packers are now prepared to do everything Aaron wants again. Aaron wants to run the Packers. Like, like we think... Like Bring back Randall guys, Cobb again. Exactly. But, I mean, we... <laughs> the normal thing is, I'm sick of you, you're sick of me, trade my sorry ass, bye. Aaron's not like that. Aaron wants to run the team. They are allowing him to run said team. Fans will, will say, well, look at Aaron's cap hit and look at this and look at that. No, no, no. He wants to be owner, GM, and coach. And if he gets that, he's staying there. Yeah. And so so Aaron, to me, very likely out of this mix. And now it gets more intriguing because if Aaron's out of the potential quarterback carousel mix, Kirk goes up. Like Kirk, like you got to call on Kirk then. So I'm just saying this thing is going to play out in a way that might be too advantageous for the Vikings' future not to listen and perhaps move, not because we hate Kirk, but because imagine what the hall could be for Kirk if Rodgers' name disappears from the carousel list. Well, you think about it, right, in in markets that were, I would say, you know, much less uh, seller-friendly in previous years, you know, Matthew Stafford and the hall that, the Rams had to pay to get him, right? I mean, they had to attach a first-round pick to Jared Goff in addition to a first-round pick for Matthew Stafford. There's another pick in there somewhere, too. But but it was, you know, multiple first-round picks. Right. And then um, Carson Wentz, who was kind of, not kind of, he was damaged goods coming from Philadelphia. That wound up being a first and a third-round pick. Yep. So if you take Aaron Rodgers off the board, that that's funny because on one hand you could say, well, you want Aaron Rodgers out of the division so that you can have an easier path to short-term success, right? But if you zoom out even further to what you're saying, if Aaron Rodgers stays in the division, it probably jacks the price tag up, supply and demand, right? Like, there's a ton of demand. We just went through seven or eight teams that are reportedly actively looking to make a huge push to win this year. They need a quarterback. Well, if you take another piece of the supply off the table, Kirk moves up, you could wind up getting way more value in a trade for him for the long haul, for, for picks that you can use on players for this year, next year, 2022-23. So it's, if, if you take Rodgers off the board, who are the available known commodities at quarterback, right? It's Russell Wilson. And there's, by the way, there's no guarantee. I mean, they don't have to trade him. And I don't think Russell Wilson is the type of guy. I think he's still, I think, I think this is my read on this. He's such a nice guy, right? Like he, yeah, he floated those four teams through his agent and through reports last year at this time. That and it was kind of like, hey, he totally wants to stay. But I mean, like if it doesn't work out, here's a very specific list of four teams that he would uh, he'd play for. But I don't think he's the type of guy to go completely nuclear on a franchise that he's won a Super Bowl with. He's made his disappointment known behind the scenes but i don't think if the seahawks say we really russ we're going to keep you man we you know there's no way we're going to trade you i I don't think he would say i'm burning this bridge i will not report to anything i think he's just too much of a like a nice guy team leader guy yep so he's at best like 20 or 30 percent if you get past rogers and russ deshaun watson's still out there but that whole situation is still unresolved and He's he's an incredible quarterback, but it's such a murky, weird situation. I mean, Kirk Cousins has some flaws, but he's he plays all the time. He's right. accurate, much like the Vikings thought they were doing in 2018. You could talk yourself into thinking, oh, he's 
he's the stability we need at this position. We've got a great roster, right? That you know, we just plug him in. Yep. He's probably if if Rodgers and Wilson are off the board, like he's, you know, Jimmy G. Teams are looking at Jimmy G. and saying, I don't know, he can kind of like light a game on fire. At least Kirk doesn't light games on fire like Jimmy G. does. He might be the number one commodity on this list. So yep. interesting. Well, and Kirk. So interesting. And think about this too. Speculation. So I am crazy, and I get the call. I get the call from Take Your Pick, Tampa Bay. What about Kirk? Crazy. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, guys. You know what? Um, KOC loves Kirk. Loves him. Looking forward to the opportunity to get the most from Kirk, which I would argue that during the the Zimiers they didn't do here. It's going to cost a lot. And Tampa says we don't care. We want him. We want him bad. KOC loves him. Productive quarterback. To your point, Phil, durability off the charts, because that's true. No doubt about that one. Yeah, he never misses a game. Um, again, think about those. He's a stock. He's a stock. And, baby, that stock is going up. Is his um, stock ever going to be higher? He's no, going to be never, 34 no, years no, old. Zero chance. Zero. The, his stock to other teams, I would argue, is higher than it was w- when he signed here. Because there was questions then about, well, he got franchised in back-to-back years. It turns out that he had gotten a a multi-year offer from the commanders, but it turned out it wasn't great. And Kirk said, no, I'm out. And so I think Kirk signed here as, as, uh, well, there's probably more there, but we're not sure. I think the way that you could frame Kirk right now is so, is so appetizing because you can literally say, Zim screwed him. Everything that the Kirk stands say is is the portfolio that I want out there. Everything. Mm-hmm. Zim screwed him. I mean, yeah. KOC wants to work with him. Are you telling me you're trying to get Kirk right now? Yeah, well, it is funny how that, yeah. Because it, it's like, as of right now, he's kind of been exonerated, right? It's kind of, hey, if Kirk would have had a more offensive-minded coach, if Kirk would have had a general manager that could build an offensive line, if exactly. all these things, the defense melted down the last couple of years. I mean, never mind the fact that like, the Vikings were literally one of like the four best teams in the NFL at 13-3 and three when they signed him. and Quiet! And they well, missed the playoffs in his first year. Like, he has, like the, the stink is on other people here right now. And he's, he's, <laughs> he's kind of that type of quarterback, too, because he, his entire – the way he goes about playing the position is to avoid mistakes, and so he's always kind of blameless, right? He's don't blame me. I didn't throw. Tough one. I didn't throw a pick. Yeah, it's like yeah, one. but like you also didn't. You also didn't like make the big pass in a like you chose to check down to Tyler Conklin in a situation where we really needed a fifteen yard gain. Like you know, a lot of a lot of the the holes in his game are sort of easy to say. Well, yeah, but I mean, look at his passer rating. You know, look at his completion percentage. Yeah, but what about that? We really needed a sustained drive with five minutes left, and you went three and out, and then the defense got blamed. It's like like the stink is kind of off of him more than it was maybe in previous years here. Yep. So the, like the, the, these teams that are being reported now, like Albert Breer, command, the commanders are interesting because the team president for the commanders, you might think there's no way he'd go back to Washington, right? Well, first of all, like the Vikings can dictate where he goes. I think he can dictate – his contract situation. So it does have to be, it's not a full no trade clause, but he can essentially say, you can trade me there, but I'm not going to sign an extension that smooths out the cap hit. So there's, there's a little bit of a cat and mouse here, but one thing to watch the commander's team president that was hired two years ago after Kirk left shares an agent with Kirk cousins. Now I don't think 
that agent is actively working for the Washington team president because it was his, uh, it reminded me, I can't remember his name, but he was a former player. And he's like, you know, in his mid to late 30s, he's the Washington team president. His agent when he was a player is Kirk Cousins' agent right now. Okay. So Washington popping up on this list is interesting. Eagles, Panthers, Broncos, I am at least having conversations with all of those teams to get a feel. And the Broncos know what they're getting. George Payton's over there, right? I'm having conversations with all those teams saying, listen, we would love to keep Kirk because KOC worked with Kirk, assuming that KOC comes over from the Rams. It hasn't been official yet. But if you guys want to give us two first-round picks, it'd be tough for us to say no. And I've got it. I've got it because it makes perfect sense. If you are willing to bite the bullet that you should bite in 2022, if you are crazy, you get two first-round picks by trading Kirk to a team. And then if Kirk says, uh, you know, I'm not going to sign an extension there, you say, you don't need to, Kirk, because we are still going to pay a part of your freight on the salary cap for said team that then immediately attaches a second pick to that move the Mm -hmm. good faith move so i say to the commanders i want you to win washington commanders great name commies i want you to win how how do we get the commies commies. how do we get the commies a lombardi in 22 i'll tell you how (laughs) we help you out because we're not going to be that that good and we're cool with that so so that's the proverbial Jared Goff piece. That's the attached piece that gets me a second first round pick. Uh but you but to go back to your question Phil. No matter what anybody thinks that, of of Kirk. You are exactly right. The perception of Kirk and, and his price tag and the amount of desperate teams has never and will never be like this again this is a this is a rare opportunity to move a stock at absolutely the right time yeah and i love one of my favorite gotcha questions that that people tend to ask is well wait a second if you think kirk is garbage which by the way no one on this show has ever called kirk cousins garbage he's one of the top 14 quarterbacks in the world The, the beef has always been about his glass ceiling his contract the way that he sort of shrinks when the game gets improvisational so all those things but People will say, well, if you think he's so garbage, then why would you also then be saying that a team would give up a first-round pick for him? Let's let's rewind back to 2018. It's all situational. Yeah. The Vikings knew that there were some risks with Kirk, and they thought, you know what, let's, let's get him in here. We got some better infrastructure than Washington. Our defense is the best in the NFL, so he's not going to have to score 30 points like he did in Washington. And uh, he's going to have Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Like, there are teams in the NFL that look and say, boy, the Vikings, where they're at now, had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They had a defensive-minded coach. If we can just bring a guy like that in over here, we've got a we've got a ready-made roster. The Broncos have a top three defense right now. They've got Jerry Judy. They've got is it Cortland Sutton? Like they've got weapons. You know, even the Washington football team, they've got weapons. Oh, they've the got they've got Ron Rivera, who's been to a Super Bowl. Absolutely. Like, and they would, and you know, it's a little bit weird for him to go back to Washington. But those teams are thinking the same thing the Vikings thought in 2018 that we know that there's some flaws here, but that's okay. We just need somebody better than insert incompetent, you know, all due respect to Taylor Heineke, but like he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yes. And, so. and, and in my opinion, Kirk is not Stafford, but I'm not saying that publicly. <laughs> I'm saying that it, this is the same thing. You just did. 
instead, though. I'm I'm saying, but I'm not saying, but if I'm the Vikings, I'm not going to say that publicly. I am going to say, you take your Stafford shot with this guy. right? I mean, we hate to do it. KOC loves him. It's going to cost a lot. And we will pick up part of his salary cap. Yeah. Never before have I had an offer like this. And you can have it for just $34,999. million nine ninety nine. That's right. We got a quarterback on the market. A quarterback, uh, the best quarterback that you've ever seen, Kirk Cousins. Don't act you could. I think what you should be doing, right, is like like you said, look at, hey, Matthew Stafford just did this, but Kirk Cousins has a better career passer rating. Kirk yep. Cousins has more yards per attempt over here. Kirk Cousins has a higher completion percentage over there, right? And I'm that. not lying because the only thing I am not going to talk, talk about is the fact that mentally he has no capability to do this. Because I don't care about that. Because what you see on film, which in the National Football League is gospel, that's what matters. Yeah. Uh, so it's very interesting here. The quarterback carousel, all this is going to heat up in the next month. Bring on the offseason. I, I love did this. Get, I got a couple. I, I'm going to give you guys a couple responses from I sent a Kevin O'Connell tweet out. Just a little wondering a couple things. But uh, the St. Thomas men's hockey team continues its battle through the rugged CCHA. That's oh, right. Yeah. Judd's Hockey Show, Puckheads. You can come and support the Tommy's men's hockey team in their last home series of the year against Lake Superior State on Friday and Saturday night. GoTommySports.com for ticket information. That's GoTommySports.com for ticket information. Also, our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company are helping business owners all throughout the state of Minnesota and beyond. Um, it's all about maximizing the success of your business through risk management tools, resources. Some of the best people in the industry are here to help fortify and protect and elevate your business. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Reckless speculation. Um, any other final quarterback thoughts before I get to the back to the KOC stuff here? Um, no, I'm just excited. I am jubilant about the opportunities here that exist throughout this league for good teams to get better. So I said, I just tweeted out, is it a little weird that the Vikings haven't sent a press release out about Kevin O'Connell yet? And some people are telling me that Paul Allen went on his radio show today. Yep. And apparently I've gotten this now from multiple people that he said on his show, he was told he was told to come to an event on Thursday at the Vikings facility. And now he has been told that that event has been pushed back. I think I know canceled. why. I think I know why. Done some checking. I think, I, I think I've got it. DEFCON 5. Now, here's why. KOC has yet to sign the contract, which he probably has to do in person, is my guess. The, the parade for the Rams is tomorrow. He actually wants to attend the parade, which is, okay, whatever, dude. Um, he will then be flown here at some point after that by the Wilfs, and I wonder if now they're going to try and push the press conference to Friday. So it sounds like the, the wheels. Parade, Christmas. hangover day the Thursday, exactly. recovery. The, yeah, young, ex- spoken like a guy who's far closer to KOC's age than, than me, Declan Goff, KOC going to get full of Surly. Uh, going to run around town in his chill boys and won't be here probably to sign his contract when they thought. So are you, uh, he's a good looking guy. He can run around in his skibbies. (laughs) This is hilarious. A couple people are saying, so I think you'd be the voice of reason on this. I I think it's, I held out as long as I could. I think it's okay. It's a little weird that we're 48 hours later and, but I think it's okay. 
He's also been assembling a staff. I would be more nervous if, like, two weeks ago, word leaked out that Kevin O'Connell's the guy, and it's like, oh, but there hasn't been any other well, reports about staff. I mean, his whole staff has basically been hired I think to behind sign the, the scenes. I think to sign the contract, they probably need, need him in person, and I bet that they want him to sign the contract in, in like, uh, TCO to show, yeah. like, the background with his picture. Kevin O'Connell, 10th head coach. <laughs> That's my guess. Okay. I know we got we got to pause here for a minute, but uh, we'll be back later in the show with some uh, who gets it, who doesn't here. Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. All right, every Tuesday on Mackie and Judd, we dive into a little uh, little game we call who gets it, who doesn't around uh, the Minnesota sports landscape, the world, if you will. So, Judd, why don't you bat lead off here? Who gets it, who doesn't on this Tuesday? I'm going to start this segment off on a very positive note with a who gets it. And you know who really gets it? Do you know who is a, a bright young man who's a great player? Oh. I want to refer you to this clip from Justin Jefferson. Yeah, to be honest, a lot of people, all people really care about is wins. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if you don't get any wins, then... You know, people going to be uh, yeah, a little critical. harsh on you. Right, yeah, right. right. So, if, I mean, if, if we start winning, you know, get some get some dubs, get in the playoffs, right. get high in the playoffs, maybe reach to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure I, people I look, ain't going to be on them then. I look forward to the year that we can't talk to you in person this week. <laughs> oh, my God. You will. I, you will. Oh, I will my be you crazy. That year, if you guys get the Vikings, him, he'll be uncontrollable. <laughs> that was that was the Vikings star re- receiver on PFT Live with uh, Chris Sims and Florio last week. And the start of that was him answering a question about Kirk. And, you know, Kirk takes lots of heat. And Justin could have got defensive. He could have been like, that's my teammate. Well, don't talk about him that way. Or he could have been like ambivalent. Ah, I don't really care. But you know what he did? He had the perfect response. He had the he gets it totally. And that is, uh, I'm going to I'm going to support him, but I'm not going to go overboard, and I'm not going to be dismissive, because I know that things might change, and and I am really good. And the one thing that I know is I am a a key piece, a key piece of the future of the Vikings. I love, at this point at least, how this kid goes about his business. I think it's smart. I think it's productive. I think publicly, he he has the perfect tone. He has the perfect tone, which is, I'm really good. I'm really confident. Yeah. I am not a diva. Justin Jefferson, guys, in so many different ways, at the tender age of 22, gets it. Yeah, he's. Uh, I I love him, man. I think I, I actually, it's not just him too. It's there's a lot of receivers that have come in to the NFL the last five or six years, five ten years. Just supremely t- some of the most talented receivers we've ever seen, and also some of the like most low baggage, <laughs> low maintenance guys. You know, you know, can can Stefan Diggs get a little fired up sometimes? Can Adam Thielen get a little fired up? Sure, but it's we don't have any like Terrell Owens types running around where they're just totally narcissistic and in it for themselves. I mean, Chris Carter was kind of a narcissist too, if, if we're being honest. Back in the day, and Randy Moss, it was like. You had to worry about whether he was going to quit on a game if he didn't get enough touches in the first half. I feel like there's a new era of wide receivers that are just here to work and put up 1,500 yards and make ridiculous catches, and uh, it's a blast. Antonio Brown, I guess, is another one that's like just kind of off and his get rocker, dubs. But They're here to get dubs, too. Yeah. 
And uh, in every everything I've heard Justin Jefferson say about Kirk Cousins is very respectful. Yep, he's certainly not going to rip on him, but it's also you can if you listen to the to the quotes, he's very much not like I'm going to die on a hill for this quarterback. He recognizes he's talented. I thought there was a I can't remember what interview it was. He did a bunch of stuff during during Super Bowl week, but he referred to like we just got to like keep his confidence high. We got to keep Kirk's confidence high. And I thought that struck me. It's like he's speaking on behalf of the team, and, and this has been a theme before that Kirk can get a little in his head. He can get a little bit in teeth clencher mode, and and it's like we just got to tell Kirk it's okay. Got to loosen up, you know. Got to, and that's kind of the way that he talks about him. So I don't know if right. you can. I think Kirk's thirty four years old, and he kind of is what he is, and you know. But yeah, he's respectful. He's not going to come out like Pat Peterson. They're not going to come out and be like, yeah, here's the deficiencies. They don't hate him, but. They also look at Joe Burrow. You know, Justin Jefferson played with Joe Burrow yeah. in college. So they he know. knows. They know. They yeah. know. Let's put it that way. They know. All right. Who gets it? Who doesn't? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you who gets it here. Adam Schefter and whoever inside the Vikings organization or inside Kevin O'Connell's camp leaked this to him. Schefter tweets, the Vikings are planning to introduce Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell as their next head coach on Thursday, according to league sources. So somebody, somebody, even since the beginning of our taping of this show today, somebody got to Schefter and said, all right, so listen, Pro Football Talk put out a speculative piece about McVay retiring and Kevin O'Connell spurning the Vikings. Uh, hell, the Vikings' own play-by-play man, Paul Allen, apparently went on his radio show and said, I got invited to an event on Thursday that was canceled at the Vikings' facility. Someone needs to put an end to this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guess here, Judd. Maybe you have some information. Kevin O'Connell just won his first Super Bowl, right? I think. I don't think he has a ring as a backup quarterback. He probably wants to be part of the parade festivities. This is the last time they're all you know, at the end of an era. Maybe McVeigh is gonna go walk off into TV land, but he wants to be part of the Tuesday parade in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and then they'll hammer out the final. Uh, They'll dot the final eyes and cross the final Sign it here in front of V-E-N, baby, with his name in the background. I think that's exactly right. (laughs) So, I don't know. Is there any any reason to be – what's your DEFCON level now? You guys I'm five now. Now it's back to six. It's not even five. It's on an imaginary – You were three. I was at three. I was ready to call. (laughs) Ready to call the the Air Force, okay? Ready to call them. Call them up. Call the Air Force. You got to call Raheem Morris. You got to call everybody back. We're so sorry. We really like you. I would have been fine with Raheem Morris. I the record. completely agree with you. I think Raheem Morris is going to be a good head coach, but there's no reason to panic. It's fine. Yep. The Vikings saw all the Adam all the Adam Schefter angst. has come down from the mount with the tablets. <laughs> the, the, the commandments of football, and he has said, do not panic, people of the National Football League. And by the way, I can tell you, as the, as the CEO of Vikings Twitter myself, okay, mm. I can tell you there was a lot of angst this morning. A lot of people, a lot of scars, emotional Damn, no, baggage. You caused it, <laughs> Learn from this. Why don't you be better? <laughs> yeah, be All better. Right. I, love, I love be better. I'll be better oh, is my great. God. Be what? better is such a great Twitter sign-up. Oh, wait. Okay, hold on a second, though. Our guy, Joe Nelson, from Bring Me the News. Oh, oh yeah. man. Our dude. It's great. <laughs> so he so he, re, he retweets Schefter and says, our planning, in quotes, I am planning to lose 30 to 40 pounds this year. The Vikings are planning, planning yeah, to introduce yes. Kevin O'Connell. Okay. They let aren't me, for sure. There's a lot that can happen in the next me, 48 hours. Let me explain this quickly in, in professional sports parlance. <laughs> oh, my God. They, they want O'Connell here to sign because 
I'm not joking. VEN, they're going to like show them walking around and, and just before, sign it out. Just, just, do before, it, just do an online document. Before con- no, they're not going to. Before DocuSign. contracts are signed, teams will not announce things. They get very paranoid. And they literally think of things like this. And I do not mean to be morbid, but I will be. That's fine. What happens if something happens to O'Connell en route to the Twin Cities? Then what? he won't. That, that's, why, that's why they use the terms are planning. They never want to say it's done until it's in front of them done. Why would you put? Did you just insinuate that like I'm saying that's why you say our plan? That's why I said I'm not trying to be. But that's how lawyers think. Our planning means in their world it's basically done. But what if something happens? But like what? Like are you like? So what, what is the something like? Are you saying that uh, like that, that Sean McVay would retire, or are you insinuating no. that like no? I'm this insinuating is that the plane ride is the some, yeah. Something terrible could happen, and then it, <laughs> and then it doesn't incredible. get done. That's why you said all oh God. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is how lawyers think. I'm not joking. Lawyers no, it's how you think. Lawyers think like this. <laughs> Ask our legal department, which is always hard at work at our company. God bless them. Our legal team works night and day. And uses terms like our planning because of the unknown. Did Judd sign the uh, the contract extension yet? He's planning on He's it, planning, but I don't know. I mean, that's but, but that, inter- that intersection off 280 and University Lowry is Hill awfully t- busy. Lowry Tunnel, you never know. God hey, where's almighty. Judd? He's dead. We were planning to sign Judd. I used to have an attorney source. I, I lost that source, but I, I I don't know if I buy this. I don't know if I buy this I'm from Judd. You, just, just check, but it's the term our planning. That's do you think? Do you think at at some point in this conversation? Do you think the uh, the potential danger of a cross country flight was brought up, or that's where I'm no, questioning I'm your you, logic? The lawyers, the lawyers came in and said, "You need to say it's our planning." <laughs> it's all very well thought out, very well constructed by greater oh, minds man. than I. It's hilarious. I mean, he has already hired basically a full staff here, and so yeah. we just just need to just get through the parade. Oh my you know, God. just have don't hey, get you know what? Mike right. Patton will now be your next coach. Oh my gosh. All right, Declan, who gets it, who doesn't? All right, I'll try to top this. Who who gets it? I'll say uh, the Vikings coaching staff for how they're rounding things off here. They're putting together a good little plan here. Whether KOC is legally obligated or not obligated to be the next head coach via an airplane ride, it looks like the Vikings are indeed putting together a nice staff here around him. I think it was a very wise move to bring back Keenan McCardell, who Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen have been raving about. Uh, Gerard Johnson, the assistant quarterbacks coach slash assistant offensive advisor, a a young guy who was a stud at Texas A&M, where a young Kellen Mond also went, which is an interesting little nugget to note there. And um, I'm really curious just what Wes Phillips brings. The the grandson of Bum? Is that what we can say? The grandson of Bum, right? Um, yeah. Wes Phillips being the expected offensive coordinator as well. I, I really like the staff that they're starting to round off here. They got some young minds. They got they retained, I think, some of the right people. And I'm curious what this new era of Vikings football looks like uh, under these, under these uh, uh, new personnel on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Yeah, so Wes Phillips, the grandson of Bum, son of Wade Phillips, he spent most of the early part of his career with the Cowboys. In fact, I'm guess, I think his I'm guessing his dad probably hired him, right? Yes. Uh, so a little, little nepotism in there, and, and never, got fired. never hurts. Got fired as uh, what the tight ends coach in 2013. No, no, wait, wait, Wade got sacked. Oh. West West stayed with Jason Garrett. Yep. So he stayed till 2013 in Dallas. Was uh, just an offensive assistant, then assistant offensive line coach, tight ends coach. In Washington, this is where he got to know Kevin O'Connell from 2014 to 18. He was the tight ends coach. 
and then the tight ends coach with the Rams from 19 to 20, and then tight ends coach and pass game coordinator with the Rams last year. So, uh, so he has been a tight ends coach basically his whole career. Never been a coordinator, but that's the beauty of having Kevin O'Connell come in here. I guess my only concern would be neither Kevin O'Connell has called some plays in the preseason, and he definitely has been huge in terms of scheming and diagramming concepts. Yes. But, you know, Wes Phillips is 42. He's never called plays. Kevin O'Connell is, what, 38. He's never called plays, although he is a former NFL backup quarterback. I'm not super concerned about the not calling plays part. Um, I think people tend to put way too much weight into that as like a driver of success. Yes, calling plays is important, but scheming and executing plays is probably even more important than the calling of the plays. So we'll see. It's a, it's a very inexperienced offensive group in terms of head coaching, coordinating. Everyone's moving up a level here, and everyone's pretty young. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. I want the games run correctly. Run the game correctly. No clock <laughs> screw-ups, timeout screw-ups. That's what I want. My my concern is not that O'Connell's play calling is going to be bad. My concern is that the play calling and the weight of that makes it tougher unless you've got a coach who's standing by you, and he should, who's telling him, call a timeout here, or don't challenge this, or don't. But don't look at the big scoreboard, Kevin, and see a play that makes you mad, makes you see red, and throw the red flag. That's what I don't want, because that's what Zimmer did. That's what Tice did. It drives me crazy. All right, I've, I've got one that, that we have talked about the last couple days, but I think it's an important transformation in how I consume the National Football League. Who gets it? The networks that, co- that carry football, who no longer are counting on some arbitrary fullback to retire because we think he might be good in our booth. I love this trend towards aggressively trying to get people who you are almost certain are going to be good. For instance, um, in in my day, when Montana retired from the Chiefs, it's like, Joe Montana's retired. We got to go get Joe. Joe was terrible. And, like, we knew that. Like, like there was no question. <laughs> Emmett Smith. Remember Emmett yeah. Smith? We oh, got to go get him. Smith. I love this awful. thing now, though. Sean McVay, you just won a Super Bowl, dude. We'll pay you $20 million bucks to be great because we know that you will be great. I love the trend towards the proactive, towards the we're going to compete for guys. It It is, as a viewer and as a person that loves to actually learn things, watching games, it is spectacular. Do you think he has a standing offer on the table right now from ESPN? From somebody, I, yeah. I bet it's two. Yes. Yes. And I bet it's com- yeah. I, I bet it's competitors. I bet he has, again, just this is just speculation but I, I bet he has a 15 to 20 million dollar a year offer on the table from at least one big network i agree which is more than he, he would make as a as a head coach and he should because i mean Madden, it's it's a Madden isn't it kind quit. of a no-brainer like you've already got a super bowl unless you unless you're just like chasing the the lifer coach madden yeah madden coach for madden, 10 years and, and he was he done at like what 40 or 42 yeah. he was done but but he didn't have but he he didn't have networks in in his ear until he was done, and then they're they're like, well, try this. This is a an actual competitor. This was happening with Breeze too, who, by the way, has turned out to be kind of a dud as a broadcaster. He's just he's, he doesn't really he has, doesn't really have an opinion. But like they were offering him even a year before he retired, like you know, ten fifteen million dollars or yeah, true whatever. And now it kind of feels anyway, like anyway. I love this competition. 
Yeah, it's a it's so next year we could have we could have the Manning cast and we could have Sean McVay all on Monday Night Football, which would be amazing. Um, all right, I got a I got a Wolves one for you guys here. You know who gets it? The Minnesota Timberwolves front office because they just signed Patrick Beverly yep. to a contract extension through next season. So he wanted a multi year deal for uh, whatever price tag it was going to be. The Wolves said, I don't know. I mean, we love you. You're kind of banged up and kind of old. So how about if we just give you $13 million for next year so you can stick around? And he said, okay, cool. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. And I think of that $13 million, I'm paying him like $3 million, $4 million as a good quality player. And I'm paying him the other like $9 or $10 million for leadership, for being basically an assistant coach on the court, and for helping to toughen up the mindset of this team and put them into – Playoff you, you basically get the Jimmy Butler leadership that was supposed to. You get all the Jimmy Butler traits, but then you like still allow the young players to elevate and own the team. It's great. Get the flag. There it is. That's right. There it is. Ow. 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 <laughs> You're damn right. Get the flag. That's right. We're going to see. That's right. Flag. You know, last year I remember when he uh, when when the when the Clippers got bounced from the playoffs, and uh, Pat Bev turns around and just shoves Chris Paul in the back for no reason, other than just being. What would you give for a, a Suns and Wolves? A Suns Wolves. Now, now, the wow. Suns would probably win easily, but I would love to see Pat Bev confront Chris Paul again. Again, well, what I was going to say is uh, it could be fun. When when he did that, I was like, "Get this punk out of here!" Right? There's no room oh, for you this. Love him I would now. never want this guy. Now that he's on the Wolves, I'm like, "Shove everybody in the back!" <laughs> yeah, exactly yes, right. Pat Bell, Pat Bell, that's Bev's right. Go, yeah, that's get right. the flag. Get the flag. Well, flag's back out. Flag's back out. <laughs> Shove Booker next time too. Look at how easy that flag is. It's like like now. AJ Pierzynski. Remember when Pierzynski, uh like didn't he step on Justin Morneau's heel one time at first foot, base yeah. or something? Foot, foot? yeah. yeah. You know, and when he's when he's wearing a White Sox uniform or a different uniform, oh. you're like, this guy here. put that ball right in Kadir's face in 163 after he tagged him out. That guy was he's such a turd, but he's great. God, he's great. When he's on your team, he's that's how he great. plays. Yeah, no, it's true. He's a jerk. Yeah. He's a great jerk. It's great. Great to have him. All right, Declan, who gets it? Who doesn't? All right, speaking of baseball, you know who doesn't get it? Major League Baseball. I always love that. So bad after the Super Bowl, typically. Every year of Declan Goff's uh, sports love life, I always get excited. Baseball's on deck, right? All those posts always come out from every team, including the Twins. We're on deck. Spring training's around the corner. The Super Bowl, the NFL season is over. We're up next. Nope, you're not up next. The lockout is in nowhere uh, is, is nowhere to be ending now. And you still have two, two sides that are bickering over things. The New York Post summed it up great. Today he said, these talks have proceeded about as smoothly as the 2009 transition from Jay Leno to the Conan O'Brien Tonight Show. That is exactly how that transition has gone from the NFL season being over to Major League Baseball supposed to be starting. I saw a top 100 prospect list from ESPN Plus today. Didn't even want to click on it. I had no interest no in seeing what Twins prospects are on the top 100 list. I have no I, and I love the St. Paul Saints. I will be in St. Paul. I owe a lot to the St. Paul Saints in my career and for my personal life. I'll gladly be at CHS Field drinking beers and watching baseball there. But for Major League Baseball right now, I'm just so out. You do not get it, man. 
You know, I did see one thing. I'm going to push back on one thing here because ordinarily I think the owners, these the 30-whatever owners of Major League Baseball teams are just dusty, old, out-of-touch clowns. Like they didn't want Mark Cuban to be an owner because he might bring some fresh, he might be a little controversial. It's like <laughs> you guys are just a bunch of Jim Polads running around, just uncurious, greedy people. Uh, so – with that said, I think the owners are right about something I saw yesterday. One of the proposals is like they've always been trying to shortchange minor league baseball players and like they're trying to they're trying to cut from the minor leagues even though these dudes are unless you get a big signing bonus out of the draft, most minor league players are broke and they're living with families cuz they mm-hmm. weren't, you know, second round draft picks. But the owners have said, "Okay, we're basically subsidizing, you know, these minor league teams. Do we really need four or five affiliates for each franchise. How about we cut from 180 players to 150 and we like eliminate a level of the minors? Like, do we really need triple A, double A, high A, low A, rookie ball, right? Like, (laughs) and honestly, they're right. You know, there definitely needs to be some, you can't just go from being a high school player to the majors. That's not going to work. There has to be some sort of like ramping up probably don't need four or five levels of a ladder to climb. People got all bent out of shape about that. They're trying to shortchange my lanes. Like, do we really need all of those levels? How about we expedite the process a little bit here? Let's have like three levels. But the problem is, but the problem is we're talking about this now and none of the primary subjects that are going to end the lockout are being addressed. So like, you've got all of these problems and, and it's like, well, let's go fix the basement. It's like, but the top of the house blew off. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we, we, not now, Joe. We're not going to talk about that now. So it's just so maddening to watch, and it's not shocking, but my God. And look, I, I mean, if there was any question about Manfred and why he, he's here, this is why. He doesn't care about the game. He wasn't hired to care about the game. He's, he's employed he's by a mind. group that wants to win. Right, but I mean, he's doing what he is being asked to, to do, which is, Jeopardize the game as much as you possibly can and want. We don't care about that. What we want to do is win. Like, that's the bottom line. But the win is, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but, like, they're, so, they're going to spend the entire offseason arguing about finances. And there's a lot to untangle there. There's just a, there's a, yeah, I know. There's a huge gap between the rich and the poor, so to speak, in baseball. And there's, there's like, a lot of the way baseball is set up, some of the best players in the league are making a half million dollars because they don't, get to actually make life-changing money and they get they're all arguing over monopoly money but like once they fix that stuff if they do the Mm -hmm. bigger problem is the health of the game and the entertainment factor stuff like should we scale back on the number of games should we how can we quicken the pace of how can we make the product more fun what how can we structure the offseason they're not even going to talk about that stuff so no and they and they think and they might be right that we're all stupid enough that we'll just come back I mean, as a diehard baseball fan, I, I I don't give a rip right now. I'm all in on the NFL offseason. I'm all in on the Timberwolves and Wild that, down the stretch. That first, that first game of catch, though, that, don't, that you hear. Be strong. The pop of the mitt. The be pop strong. of the mitt. But I'm, I'm with Dex. Stay I am strong. going Saints. I am, I am all we'll in. see you there. That's fair. Tri- triple A baseball. Want to Uber together? Actually, no. I'll be across the way from you. Please don't come and no, no eye contact, Dex. You guys can text each other from the same stadium. No, no, no right, Judd, who gets it, who doesn't? Um, who gets it? A young man last night who starred in St. Paul, Matthew Boldy, gets it. 
I am going hat trick a positive today hey. in honor of a guy who scored his first career hat trick. Matthew Boldy was a player who I thought was going to be good. I thought he might be really good. This early in his initial campaign, though, in the National Hockey League with the Wild, did I think Matthew Boldy was going to be this good? Absolutely not. This kid is special. This kid is what I, I feel. For years I said, Charlie Coyle, there's more there, right, Phil? Well, I told well. you, Coyle, there's more there from Coyle because he's going to pass to Granlund over to Zucker, yeah. back to Brodeen and Spurgeon, and oh, back to Stahl. And I told you, Charlie Coyle, man, is going to break out. And there were weeks that he did. But there were weeks where he disappeared. Matthew Boldy does everything on a consistent basis. Hashtag, yes, small sample size so far. Yeah. That I envisioned Coyle doing and more. His Dude, hands are great. 20 years old, man. His vision is great. He's a mature kid. He scored the, the, the first goal he scored last night. He put a gorgeous move on Mark Stahl, who's a defenseman who has been around for a while. Mm-hmm. He put a gorgeous move on Stahl in the slot, wrist shot, bang goal. Um, yeah, this kid gets it. This kid is special. And this kid, single-handedly now, as a member of the Wild second line, takes that line from being pretty doggone good, not great, to being a, a 1B to the to the – 1A line that has uh, Zuccarello and Kaprizov on it. Something else I will add to the conversation, too, is you know the, the Wild are going to be absorbing a lot of dead cap money from the veteran players that they said goodbye to, and that money ramps up even more next year and the year after, if I'm not mistaken. And so in order to offset the chunk of cap that is being taken out by players that no longer work here, Yep. You're going to need to find some little advantages here and there. And the fact that Matthew Boldy's cap hit for next year is under a million dollars still mm-hmm. is a huge win for this team. Right? If you can get, let's say you can get, you know, top top six production for under a million dollars, that's how you start to make up for it. It's like in the NFL. If you're going to pay a quarterback this amount of money, you're going to need like three rookie scale contract guys, an edge rusher, a cornerback, and a wide receiver like a Justin Jefferson to step up. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at some point, if he keeps playing like this, you're gonna have to pay him a lot more money. But he's uh he's basically uh he looks special. I'm gonna Nicolai put it out there right now. I'm yeah. gonna put it out there right now. He looks special. All right, Judd's favorite subject here: who gets it, who doesn't. Even though I know nothing about the backstory, Cody Rhodes doesn't mm. get it. Mm-hmm. The big news today in wrestling, Judd. Yeah. So, how do I explain this here? So. You know, the WWE for our whole lives, like going back to the 80s, has been the big, just the big mammoth wrestling company. And then for a while in the 90s, WCW came around and they went head to head and WCW was winning for a while. And then WWE put WCW out of business 20 years ago. So for almost 20 years, the WWE was the only show in town and their product grew stale. It became very corporate. They buried a lot of good talent. So Cody Rhodes, the son of the legendary Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah, I remember Dusty. He left the company five years ago and basically said, I'm going to create something with help with other people that can compete with the WWE because screw the WWE. We're going to build something that wrestling fans want to see. And so he teamed up with a couple other big international stars that had never been the WWE. And then he got Tony Khan from the you know Jacksonville Jaguars family to, to be the money behind this thing. And they put together AEW from the ground up 
Cody Rhodes is like the front person, one of the co-founders of AEW, along with Tony Khan. Built this thing up over three or four years. Today, it was announced that he's leaving AEW to go back to the WWE. What? Super, super weird. It'd be like if Judd went back to the Star Tribune. Yeah, well, literally. You know, like just, sorry, left guys. Today. I know we've built Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd. No disrespect great. to the strip, but that and, would be the same uh, thing. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I mean, back how much would they be Tribune. paying me? That, well, well, that's well, the question. Let's talk about the contract. Did yeah. they make signing. Cody an offer he can't refuse? But I will not sign until it's official, and until then, for fear of death, <laughs> I will say Judd appears to be on track to sign. Yeah, that car ride over on so, on 94. But wait, oh, hold, wait, wait, wait. So he's leaving? Yeah. To yeah. go back as as what president or what? I don't. We don't know. He could be there, there, I, the the two reckless speculation storylines I've seen from from even more nerdier wrestling nerds than than Phil and I are. No, there's two options. Number one, they're building him up for a WrestleMania match with potentially because Stone Cold apparently has been cleared to return I, to the ring, which is I saw this last night. I love me some Stone Cold, and I saw the page about it. I also love how WrestleMania is less than two months away, and they're so chaotically and disorganized. Like they're so poorly run, the WWE that they're just, like ah, scrambling to try and fill out the WrestleMania card. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so either they're making him a push wow. for WrestleMania or, and this one actually would make some sense. This is from uh, Barstool Robbie, who's their like resident wrestling nerd. Uh, so when Dusty Rhodes passed away, Judd, Dusty Rhodes was like instrumental in, in starting their developmental program called NXT. It was basically like the minor leagues of wrestling and it's still okay. now prominent, but they've kind of gone through a culture shift. They've, they've gotten rid of Triple H who was in charge of NXT and you could potentially put Cody Rhodes into his father's place as the lead mentor to the next generation of NXT and wrestlers, which actually I do think would make a lot of sense. And I could see why Cody says that this isn't, this is an opportunity that literally I can't, I can step in and be my dad in that role. So I can see it maybe being that one, that making some sense, but it's, Hmm. it's, it's confusing. I'm still trying to figure it out. Why did Cody own part of, of the new federation? He did not. He didn't. No, oh, he, he was, didn't. He, you know, he was not involved in the ownership. Oh, I thought oh, he was. Okay. Tony Khan. Okay. Tony Khan is the money man. So he was named. He was an executive vice president, and he was you know one of the leaders of the company sure. oh, okay, and one of right, the on-screen right. performers. But he did not. Interesting own business news from the world of wrestling. It's great. I love too. The other thing is Vince McMahon. As much as he has terrible traits as a human and is flawed, sure. He's able to let bygones be bygones with almost anyone. Yep. Like people that you'd think he has the. I mean, Bret Hart punched him out in 1997 and swore that he would never come back. And like 10 years later, he's back. Cody Cody Rhodes spent five years trashing the WWE, and now it's like, all right, now I'm back. Come on, come on back. Wow, great. <laughs> yeah, Brock Lesnar was on so, uh, Mac Fiesta too, saying the same thing. Basically, like I have a love hate relationship. Cause they asked him what's the difference between Dana White. And Vince McMahon, which was actually a very good question. And he said they're completely different people. Like, they're not even remotely the same. And he said he looks like Vince is more like a father figure. But he was like, I have, I, there's been times where I can't even speak to Vince McMahon because I'm so despised, despised by him. So, yes, he is. Vince is, Vince is a character, dude. Yeah. So there you go, Judd. That's your, your wrestling. Good your, your wrestling, rec, rec, reckless wrestling speculation. Wrestling speculation. Yep. That's a mouthful right there. Uh, we will have Alex Boone. Today on Purple Daily, so check check that out, and uh, we'll see if we'll see if uh, Kevin O'Connell can they can land that plane in Twin Cities. Hopefully, hopefully it works out. The plane lands, they'll sign, and once he signs, it'll be done. <laughs> then then we'll find the press release in our inboxes. That's on. All right, that's uh, that's Mackie and Judd. Tomorrow, write that down. Predictions. When are you guys going to admit that you were wrong? Every Wednesday.
right here on <sighs> Nike and Judd and Purple Daily. Only show in America that actually doesn't. <laughs>